As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. And we're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today we talked with Paul Farnell, co-founder and CEO of Litmus. He talks all about the early days of growing Litmus and how they were able to get to profitability without ever raising traditional rounds. He talks about the creative ways in which they raise money, including everything from a bank loan all the way through to selling pre-orders to their product. Enjoy. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. We're here with Paul Farnell, the CEO and co-founder of Litmus. Paul, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so, 
Give us a quick rundown of what Litmus uh, does. Sure. So uh, we're a SaaS product uh, for email designers to help them with the the kind of design testing and QA process of building uh, email campaigns. So, I mean, one of the core things that we do is is test email templates for you across uh, 40 or more, it's 42 now, I think, different environments. So, you know, how's the email going to render on an iPhone versus different models of BlackBerry versus Outlook, Gmail, all these different places that somebody may uh, see the email that you're sending. We help you kind of preview that before you send. And on top of that, do some analytics around what devices people are using on your list and, and things like that. So um, this is something that I usually avoid doing um, <laughs> and even thinking about. But what what landed you guys on solving this problem? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we started out, uh, actually, so this myself and, and two other co-founders, and we were doing a web design projects for clients, actually, while we were in college. And... Um, and occasionally, we would be asked to design uh, email templates, uh, or I would be. So I did the kind of web design part. My two co-founders, a little bit more technical than me, did more on the development side. So we would collaborate, you know, on, on more complicated sites. Um, and uh, you know, we were we were there. Or I was there testing uh, websites. We we also do browser testing as part of Litmus, though we we don't make as, as big a deal of that. Um, but uh, I was there kind of testing, you know, websites on IE5, IE7, <laughs> that kind of thing at this, at this stage. <laughs> um, and um, and found it pretty frustrating. Yeah. And there were, some, there were some other tools out there for browser testing. Uh, there, there weren't really any for email testing, um, but there were for browser testing. Um, and there was one in particular, there was one called BrowserCam, um, which I think is still around. Um, but it was fairly expensive, especially for us as, as freelancers. And so I thought, uh, hey, you know, uh, maybe somewhat naively, but hey, we could build something better than this, you know, uh, and certainly something better designed uh, than the other tools that were out there and make it a bit more affordable. Um, and so I kind of whipped up a prototype. Uh, the, the original name of the company was Site Vista, uh, which was a terrible name. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it called. And we were focused on the browser testing aspect, uh, at least initially. Uh, and then kind of about... I want to say six, nine months in uh, is when we realized there was, there was actually quite an appetite for people needing to be able to test uh, email templates, uh, although it's only something we would needed to do ourselves occasionally. Uh, and so we added uh, a few email uh, kind of testing platforms into there as well. And over time, that's become more of our focus than the, the browser side. So how, um, in the early days, um, how did you manage uh, doing some contract work while building Litmus? Um, and and what did that? How long did you guys do that before hitting viability? Yeah, um, so that was that was difficult, I would say. Uh, so when we, we started building the, the very earliest uh, version of Site Vista, as I say, while we're in college, it was the very end of college. So uh, kind of a few months in, we graduated and. Um, and we're living on client work and trying to uh, let us on the side. Um, it was definitely a struggle to do both because, you know, you could, client work is, um, you know, the client is going to demand certain things at a certain time and all this kind of thing. It was quite hard to juggle those deadlines uh, of launching a site or making an update, what have you, um, when those people are actually paying your bills with um, ha- being able to get the kind of focus on the side project that was us at the time 
so that was kind of a frustration. I mean, I think doing it again, I, I would still recommend that very much as a route uh, compared to, to taking investment. I think it gives you a lot more freedom, but it was difficult. Um, so in the end, so I mean, we launched uh, while it was a side project and we did get initial customers that way. Um, but because of that frustration of the, of the lack of focus that we had, uh, we did end up taking out, uh, so actually I took out just a personal loan um, to give us a few months of runway so that we could, so actually two of the three of us uh, could turn down client work, say, hey, we're done with these projects and focus on on Litmus full-time to kind of try and really get it off the ground. So this was a, a personal loan as opposed to going out and raising money. Um, did you have any doubts about the project at this time? Because um, you were going to owe the bank uh, 15000 back. Uh, what gave you the confidence to go and do it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose you... Um, you would hope, wouldn't you, that as the, as the <laughs> right. as if I couldn't, if I didn't have the, the kind of balls to go and get, I mean, at the time for me, it was a, uh, a quite a large sum of money. Um, it still is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there was some trepidation, uh, you know, as I kind of pulled out the one suit I had and uh, put a tie on and <laughs> timidly went into the bank and tried to explain this SaaS product. And the guy's got no idea what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but I mean, they didn't particularly care as long as it was, you know, guaranteed by me. They didn't right. care all that much about the business plan, um, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a little bit nerve wracking, but at the same time, incredibly exciting, right? You know, and a few days later, there's the money in the account, and um, and hey, like this this thing kind of feels real, and the freedom we felt, uh, certainly I felt from. You know, being able to have told these clients, you know, hey, it's great working with you, but going to be doing this project for a while, um, and you know, kind of wake up and be completely focused on Litmus actually made a big, big difference to uh, how I kind of mentally approached the the business and the you know and the, the product. I would say to be able to not context switch at all, you know, throughout the day and just be thinking about Litmus and how we make that better. Just you know. 24 hours a day basically you know, yeah maybe. I mean that is the dream right there um, yeah. I think for for a lot of us um, the context switching absolutely kills all productivity um, at least for me I know um, yeah. so alright so you, you, you got $15,000 yep. and then three months later are you viable <laughs> what, what is, what's the what's the story yeah so we had we had about yeah as you said about enough money to uh, to pay ourselves a bit and cover our costs for yeah for around three months, um, which we yeah we kind of planned out. Uh, this was actually the point at which we relaunched as Litmus, not Site Vista. Uh, so we we re- rebuilt, excuse me, uh, a fair bit of the site and the product. And did you get rid of the web entirely, or is the web still a component of the business? Yeah, no, we kept the web uh, stuff. Um, it was at the at the time that we're talking about now. Uh, if you look to the marketing site, it was split fifty fifty between email and web. If you look at uh, the Litmus site now, uh, it's very much focused on email. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a pivot later on. Uh, so yeah, we kept the web at this point, and we still have it now, kind of in the background. Um, but yeah, so we we relaunched. Um, it took us about a month to to rebuild stuff and relaunch as Litmus, uh, and we're kind of feeling good about it. Yeah, and we're getting some more customers on board. <clears throat> Excuse me, but but no. By the end of this three months, this bank account's <laughs> kind of dwindling, uh, and we realize, okay, this is we don't have enough customers. We're not going to break even uh, by this point. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I wanted to take a minute to thank Codeship for sponsoring the show. 
CodeShip makes continuous deployment simple and easy. And we've actually been happy customers of theirs for a very long time. You should go to codeship.io slash rocketship to check out videos and tutorials all about how you can start using CodeShip to deploy your product in a better way. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, so, I mean, the last thing, having had that freedom, <laughs> you know, it's like the last thing I want to do is, is kind of go back to the clients and say, hey, uh, so that project... Yeah, we're back. <laughs> it's great to work together again. Um, so, yeah, so we didn't want to do that. Um, so we tried to figure out some ways that we could get money up front um, for... Uh, you know, just to kind of keep us going. Because, I mean, we were gaining customers. We were on the path uh, to breaking even. We just hadn't got there yet, right? So we, uh, you know, used credit cards a fair bit and just tried to spend as the absolute little as we could in our kind of personal lives. But um, we also did a couple of things. So uh, one of the things actually that got us out of that uh, that stage was we had had, uh, after we'd launched the email side of the product, we'd started to get uh, lots of inquiries. And, and by lots, I mean probably three or four a week, uh, emails out of the blue from email service providers. So this is folks like MailChimp, Constant Contact, you know, Campaign Monitor, people like that. Um, though at this stage, they weren't, the people inquiring weren't as big as that. Mm-hmm. But um, folks like that who were very keen to use uh, our API to integrate the email preview stuff that we were doing into their own product, right? Makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, was not a business model or, you know, angle on anything that we had thought of ourselves. This totally came from them. And, you know, the first few come in, it's like, well, we don't have an API. You know, I, I, yeah, like maybe later, what have um, But we got so many of these that it, uh, you know, a few a week, uh, and after, you know, a couple of months of that, like, you're like, well, <laughs> maybe, uh, yeah. we be, maybe we should be doing something with this, you know. Um, so we we still didn't have an API or anything like that, but uh, we kind of put together, <clears throat> uh, we had like a couple of page PDF that outlined like how it could work and what the pricing would be and this kind of thing. And I think we, we charged uh, three or four dollars a test. That's about what we still do um, by the API. And um, and we built a list of all of these folks who had inquired, which was a decent number by this point. You know, I don't want to exaggerate, but maybe a hundred, something like that. Um, and we said, "All right, uh, we are going to open up our API, and what we're looking for is uh, five partners that can come on board in this first round. And we don't know when the second round is going to be. So if you're really keen." Like, make sure you're in on this round. Okay. You, um, you created that urgency. Right, exactly. No carb. You, brother. Um, and we, we still hadn't built the API at this point. We just, <laughs> you had a PDF, though. Right. <laughs> we had a PDF, exactly. What more do you need? Um, and so we set, I mean, it's, you know, these days, Nathan Barry, all these guys have got this completely figured out and are doing, you know, a much more professional job of these kind of launches than, than we did. But it was a similar idea, you know, mm-hmm. it was, uh, kind of 2005. And, um, so we set a date and you know a date and time that we were going to open up these accounts, and we um, we just created a link you know with our payment provider uh, to take the card details, uh, and we said this is the key thing that there was a two and a half thousand dollar setup fee for 
Um, and so, you know, basically the first five people to come on board, pay this fee, will be in this first round of API integrations and we'll get to kind of shape the product and probably, you know, lots of possible yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so we it got to this particular time, and I remember this uh, vividly. We um, I don't know what time of the day it was for us. Uh, I can't remember. I was in the UK still at this point. Uh, we're now based in the US, but uh, we uh, it got to that time, and it was crazy. Like two minutes after that time, the first one came through. Wow! <laughs> Just like That's uh, great. blown away. Yeah, um, and over the rest of that day, I think we ended up getting four in the first day and then the fifth one came through later they wanted an invoice or something like that it was just a little bit slower but we did we sold all five slots very quickly um, and I remember getting an email from the first uh, the first guy who paid and he was an e- he worked for an ESP he was a founder of an ESP based in Australia and he said that the, the, I forget as I say what time it was locally for us but for him it was the middle of the night and he had set an alarm so that it would remind him, wake him up. He got out of bed, got his credit card, came downstairs and made sure that right as it opened, <laughs> he was the one, you know, got in on this first round. It was amazing, uh, which we were kind of blown away by. So, uh, so he, was, he was a great partner. So how did you find these people? Or how did you let them know that it was going to happen? Yeah, so we um, we found them just because these are the folks who had reached out to us. I mean, we're very fortunate, I realize that. But these were people who had seen our product uh, for the email, the preview uh, the email preview portion of our product and had emailed me directly just saying, hey, we'd love to, if you know, have an API, we'd love to use that and integrate with the product. Uh, so I just kept a list of these guys, put them on a list. We use Campaign Monitor um, and, uh, yeah, and just sent out a plain text email. In fact, it would be kind of cool to dig that out of our Campaign Monitor account and find exactly how I phrased it. But um, Yeah, we'd love to link to yeah. it if, if, if yeah, you can find sure. it. Yeah, that would be very Cool. Find that. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a plain text email sent from Campaign Monitor. Um, we probably sent a couple uh, leading up to this kind of launch time. But um, but yeah, that that was it. And um, but that gave us, you know, in the in the context, of the amounts of money we're talking about, right? We had about fifteen. So the loan originally was ten thousand pounds, about fifteen thousand um, uh, dollars. You know, and from this, obviously, uh, another twelve and a half. So um, you know, a great. Uh, great outcome for that week's and work. Did you continue to sell it to the other 95 who who wanted to access the API, or did you eventually just open it up? Yeah, we eventually opened it up. Um, yeah, so I mean, we followed through on what we said. You know, we kept it to these five initially, uh, okay. worked them fairly closely as we, as we kind of got them integrated and ramped up. Uh, and yeah, we actually later on, um, what we ended up doing as the next round uh, is we did an event uh, in person in London. We rented a little meeting space in this like quite exclusive uh, like members club uh, to try and make it feel you know uh, well exclusive. Right. <laughs> and we invited everyone who had been interested. And obviously, and a lot of these were in Europe uh, at this point. Okay. But obviously, we had the Australian guy and others. They couldn't come, of course. But uh, and we ran an event where we demoed. The, a few of the example folks who'd integrated on the first round uh, and we kind of pitched this this group of people on um, uh, from these ESPs on, on the API now that it was actually finished uh, and that worked pretty well I mean we, I remember when we booked the room because it was, it was like a fairly nice place about a thousand pounds for like a half day uh, meeting room rental at this place and they were they were charging us you know how they do like a hundred well, 100 pounds, but like 50 pounds for like an earn a coffee and like mm-hmm. 
and I'm sitting there like sweating, just like, oh, the guys just ordered another bottle of water. <laughs> Sparkling water is another 10 pounds or something. Like it was that kind of thing, but you don't, if you want to make seem like it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. But, uh, but no, unless anybody, if one of them had bought, then it paid for the whole thing, right? Um, and thankfully, not immediately after, but within uh, the following several months, we did actually manage to get, so there were about 10 different companies, eight or 10 companies represented at that event. Um, and we did, in, in the end, sign up all of those people as API partners, and they were all paying that uh, setup fee. So obviously, nice. it did it for itself. But, um, but yeah, but that was kind of interesting. And uh, so one thing I hear a lot when, when kind of discussing this kind of strategy is what are the people down the line, um, who are the people who paid going to say when down the line you just open it up? Um, did you get any... Uh, kind of backlash that hey i paid 2500 and this guy gets it for free yeah no so the short answer is no we didn't okay um i suppose in in this context um because this was not like a this was not a pricing structure that was put on the website uh this was more of a you know when we did mention the api on the website later it was just kind of inquire for the pricing kind of thing right so i suppose um there is a chance that as we publish this podcast, we might get back that, <laughs> that first, uh, first several batches kind of uh, hear this and realize that the other people didn't have to pay. <laughs> but, but I suppose no, because it wasn't publicized in that sense. You know, we okay. weren't sending another email to the whole list saying, hey, now, it's, now you can sign up without a, a sign-up fee. And we did have that uh, sign-up fee for quite some time okay. and actually when we when we ended up changing the model and this is the model actually today uh there's no sign up fee but there is a monthly minimum cost which we did not have for those first folks okay uh, so it's kind of it, it switched you know um you i mean yeah I, I, it wasn't in our case that wasn't an issue but i think just because it wasn't really publicized so as you changed your pricing over time did you um migrate customers to new plans or do you have a handful on different pricing plans yeah, good question. So um, the stuff we've been talking about here uh, with the upfront fee, that was all the API reseller accounts. Um, but for, yeah, for our direct customers, so the majority of our revenue, 85%, is from direct customers, uh, not resellers. And they are you know, paying us directly with a credit card just online on our plans, which range from uh, 79 a month uh, for the basic plan up to uh, 3.99 for premium. Um, yeah, those prices have changed quite a bit. Uh, early on, I think the first pricing we ever had was $19 a month. Um, and uh, we actually, about six months ago, we increased uh, all of our prices by about 50%. But the way that we've always handled that is just to grandfather uh, the folks who were you know, signed up before. So if you, our basic plan used to be $49, now it's 79 If you signed up when it was 49 as long as you don't cancel, uh, you just stick on that 49 plan. Uh, and that, to me, just seems like the fairest way to do it, you know? Yeah. So when you uh, you said you increased them by about 50%, was there a difference in signups when you did that? Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah, not all that much, really. Um, we saw... Actually, what was interesting, um, we did not see much change at all uh, so as I mentioned, we have three price plans, basic, plus, and premium. Uh, we, we saw barely any change in the plus and premium plan signups. We did see a drop-off on the basic plan signups, but that only lasted for, 
I don't want to get this wrong, but I want to say two or three weeks, something like that. So, and our trial length is seven days. So our hypothesis for that um, was that, you know, if you were looking at the website, maybe evaluating whether you were going to sign up or not, and then you come back to it and the price gone up by 50%, that's probably enough to put some people off. But and so we lost kind of some of those people, do you see what I mean? But then if you, uh, then you're getting fresh people coming all the time, of course. And so as uh, the next kind of batch of people that are seeing the pricing are seeing 79 for the first time, they then sign up at about the same rate that the people that were signing up when it was 49 were at. Does that make sense? I didn't yeah. explain it very well. Yeah. Okay. No, perfect sense. Um, that, was our, that was our kind of take on that. So you guys had another interesting strategy early on um, to kind of raise money from your customers, and it was this uh, patrons program, I believe, right? That's right. Yeah, it's funny. I, just as we've been talking about this before, I, um, I pulled up the original uh, blog post still on our site, so I can, I can shoot you a link. We can include that. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so what we did, um, so this is, you know, back to the start here. Uh, we're about a year in. We've taken the loan, but it's getting to the end of the three months. Um, running out of money. <laughs> um, and so alongside doing the, the API uh, setup fees, we ran a, um, another promotion to, uh, to regular customers, again, with the intention of trying to get uh, some money up front so that we can you know, have this buffer uh, to get us to, to profitability. Um, so we, we called it um, a patron account, and you could buy this litmus patron account. Uh, I should credit um, TextDrive, which I don't know if you guys have heard of. It's a hosting company that um, they're owned by somebody else now, I think, or have gone away. But anyway, um, around this time, this is 2007 that we did this, uh, around this time, um, they had done something a little bit similar. Um, I don't know if they called it Patreon. Anyway, that's where we got the idea from. Um, but basically, the idea was that you got um, an account with Litmus that was valid, I think, for three years. Uh, and it cost you, it was actually in euros, 325 euros, which what would be about $500 or so, yep. something like that. Um, and that was a one-off payment, but it got you three years access. Uh, and we kind of bundled in uh, some other stuff too. So we said you got access to a mailing list just for patron customers. We gave you a little special um, numbered patron badge that you could put on your website. Uh, and there's only 75 of these accounts total. Um, and we said that we will mark your accounts for like beta access, so you'll get early access to all new features that we release uh, into the future. It's funnily enough, it's still true. Uh, they have the beta flag, and those features do come out to beta folks first. Uh, nice. News <laughs> um, and news later. Um, yeah, and we and we were pretty honest. We said that. Um, we wanted to raise money for research and development, that we want to invest into building, um, you know, some additional testing clients and this kind of stuff. Uh, and we needed, uh, we needed cash to, to help fund that. Um, so it was, you know, kind of a, I guess, kind of a Kickstarter-y type feel, wasn't it? You know? um, and what was to, the reaction from people? Uh, it was fantastic, yeah. Okay. We, um, I think in all honesty, I don't know that we ended up selling all 75 but we were very very close uh, it was like 60s or something like that maybe we did end up selling all 75 um it wasn't like um we sold all 75 in like a day okay. <laughs> um and we had much smaller reach of course at this point so this is promoted to 
anybody that had ever tried the product, there was a free trial on the on the site, uh, of course. So people that had tried it and not signed up. Um, in the earliest days, we had had around this time still, we had lots and lots of uh, Moo cards. Uh, that we printed up that had uh, promo codes on them. And whenever any of us were at conferences, we went to, you know, conferences, networking stuff all the time, we would hand out these cards, you know, furiously uh, at, at these events. And so anybody who had done that too was included, you know, in the promotion of this. Uh, and of course, it was on our blog and everything as well. So um, but I would have to look back and see how big our mailing list was at this point when we launched this. Um, but yeah, people were, people were very excited about it. And I think that... Um, you know, in the early days, I suppose a lot of those people who had tried the product or knew of the product um, had probably had some personal contact with us, either just over email or at an event or something like that. And so, um, you know, they kind of had this, there was this feeling that they were actually quite excited to support, you know, these guys that they'd met at this thing once and it was a really cool idea and they really liked it and the design was nice. And do you know what I mean? It had this kind of feel good factor to it i think um at least for some of those people and they were actually and you know at the same time we we say in that blog post your package that you're buying here uh, is worth over five thousand euros i'll be getting it for 325 um so i mean you know not only you're supporting litmus but you're also getting uh you know kind of a great deal out of it um actually we had some people who asked could they buy like a uh patron account that was double the length of time uh, so we sold some of those as well, actually, uh, which was cool. Wow. Okay. So people were really into it. That's that's a great sign. Yeah. No, they were definitely. Yeah. And so obviously helped us raise a fair bit of money. Um, you know, again up front, and and that ended up being uh, enough to take us through uh, that. Plus the the API setup fees were enough in the early days to to see us through to, to breaking even. So that's um, great. And I I think those are things that anyone listening could implement. Um, in what they're doing today because you were kind of pre-selling your product in a way. I mean, it was working, um, but you were also selling them on the future, uh, which is is always a really good sign on how to test if you have a market or not. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think it was... I, I'm, I'm really pleased we did it. I think it worked very well. It was... Um, yeah, I mean, the, I think the exclusivity angle of it for both of those um, promotions was important, um, and uh, and the feeling that these folks were being kind of brought into the fold uh, and were going to be involved at least as much as they wanted to be in kind of the feature development or feature prioritization. You know, these are good people going to get beta features. The API folks are going to get a say in in how the API side works and which you know features are included and that kind of stuff. So um, the kind of exclusivity. Plus, the, their input's going to be valuable uh, and feeling like we're going to kind of listen to them and they're going to have their own little community, you know, on the main list and stuff. That that all worked, worked very well. Yeah. Well, very cool. Um, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been incredibly actionable, I feel like, for anyone listening. So um, tell us where can we f- keep up with you and Litmus online? Sure, yeah, so uh, Litmus at uh, litmus.com, and we have a blog, litmus.com slash blog. So if you're interested in anything around email design, uh, that's a pretty good source for that. Uh, and for me, I guess, uh, just Twitter. I'm uh, unsalted on Twitter. Awesome, well, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. 
If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them. I'm better than all these niggas. Any nigga that you get, I'll bomb. And if I get the right space, I probably out stomp. These are simple rap thoughts and half thoughts that I find. Do my lab notes, math notes in class. I waste time on the assholes. Anything I learn, I just forget it. What I know, in a few years I might regret it The honor roll, a little more effort, I might get it My mama roll, put pressure on, bottom of ninth in it And I'm a young nigga, living in the old, who thought of that? Just get money, flash later, squad taught me that When he come, niggas turn soft, Bosh taught me that So with that said, in my head, thought I should probably rap But that's any negro thought, that's what any nigga think Eat a ball, go to school, a rapper parlay in the streets When they call these niggas shooting crap, these dice be ways to cheat When they call these niggas shooting crap, these dice be ways to cheat I figure this rapper shit just to stop me I love him more if it drop me, I'm wasting my time, just watch me I figure this rapper shit just to stop me I love him more if it drop me, I'm wasting my time, just watch me uh, I'm wasting my time, just watch me Wasting my time, just watch me.